0: Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast with your host, Sebastian Sloven, and co-host... Sonia Mohammed. What's happening, everyone? Okay, today we have a very important show. We're going to talk about mindfulness and specifically why mindfulness is important to the work we do at Nature Unplugged. In a quick orientation, we at Nature Unplugged are all about cultivating Healthy relationships with technology, and reconnection with nature. And we offer tips and tools and teach our curriculum in various ways, such as workshops, uh, one-on-one coaching, retreats, things like that. Uh, and today we're going to talk about mindfulness, as I already mentioned. We're going to start with a little quote here. People usually consider walking on water or in thin air a miracle. But I think the real miracle is not to walk either on water or in thin air but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky, white clouds, green leaves, the black curious eyes of a child, our own two eyes. All is a miracle. It's by Thich Han, Hanh from The Miracle of Mindfulness, an introduction to the practice of meditation. What do you think about that quote, Sonia? Yeah,
1: it's a beautiful quote. Um... I enjoy Thich Nhat Hanh a lot. Uh, I haven't been up to his Deer Park, Deer Park Monastery yet uh, in Escondido. Is that right?
0: Yeah, outside of San Diego. Yeah, He's got a monastery. He's not there very often, but it's beautiful nevertheless. <laughs> he lives in France. Okay, okay. Enough about uh, our man Thich Nhat Hanh. Let's first define what mindfulness is for folks out there. You may be familiar with mindfulness. Mindfulness is nothing new, and recently it's become very popular in the mainstream media. So let's define it here. So we're gonna use Jon Kabat-Zinn's definition because we love him and love this definition. (laughs) Okay, mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. So let's break that down a little bit. Quite simple, it is the act of being here in the present moment, intentionally here in the present moment, and being non-judgmental. I have a little bit of beef with this non-judgmental part because I think it may be impossible to be non-judgmental, but I think the idea here is being aware of any judgments that are happening.
1: Yeah, I think that's a better a better way to think about it. Um, it's easy to judge yourself when you're trying to not be judgmental too. So it's, it can be sort of a counterproductive thing to be striving for.
0: Yeah. I think we're talking about also another word for mindfulness could be awareness. So Mm -hmm. if you're not into the word mindfulness, awareness, awareness of all the things that are happening around us, happening within us. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then a little, a very brief history of mindfulness. We'll keep it quick. Uh, Mindfulness, as I mentioned, nothing new. Been around for a long time, probably since the beginning of mankind or humankind. I think it was first, at least first intentionally written in practice. Most people trace that back to the ancient yogis in modern day India between five and 10,000 years ago, writing down their practices and passing them along. And then a lot of people also trace mindfulness back to Siddhartha Gautama, who's also known as the Buddha, and he was probably the first person to speak about mindfulness the way very similar to the way John Kabat-Zinn defined it here. And then, of course, yoga spreads out around the world, or Buddha, and Buddhism spreads out around the world. It goes all over the place, different forms. And mindfulness is also a kind of a key tenant in a lot of different religions and spiritual practices. Important note that you don't need to be religious or spiritual in any way to practice mindfulness. And actually, this is kind of a, an interesting segue that our man John Cabot Zinn, who is a Westerner and a scientist, uh, was studying science and also really interested in meditation and yoga and these things. And in the 1970s, he wanted to figure out a way to study mindfulness, kind of from a Western lens. So he created a program called Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction and basically took out any of the religious undertones or spiritual undertones, just purely the mindfulness practices. I made a program and was able to study it. And since then, that's been really helpful, I think, for bringing mindfulness to the West, because now a lot of people have been able to study it and show that, yes, there are uh, scientific uh, benefits, provable benefits to the mindfulness, to mindfulness practice. And Jon Kabat-Zinn, I think, started with uh, looking at patients in hospitals, people with chronic pain and things like that, ensure that their pain levels were lower or, and their healing was faster with um, these types of practices. So that's a little history about mindfulness. Um, and I think, before we jump into any stories, let's talk about why is mindfulness so important for Nature Unplugged and the work we do? So when we're think, thinking about tech use and getting out in nature, Why is it important? So what do you think?
1: I think it all comes from when we were talking about awareness, right? Um, So we want to be thinking about how we're using our technology, why we're using it, um, and then what what maybe it's keeping us from doing that we might prefer to be doing um, but are unconsciously not doing because we're so stimulated by the technology and media. In our lives Um, and so mindfulness really becomes a foundation of the work we do uh, especially as we begin to understand our relationships with technology Um, and then when we're looking at nature it's one of the it's one of the places that it's one of the only places actually now that really engages all five of our senses at the same time Um, so it produces a higher level of awareness without having to do much
0: do you think um, do you taste stuff in nature you can that's true that's true but don't eat anything that you shouldn't eat out there (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: just a warning yeah anyway sorry
1: (laughs) but I mean if something's really floral you might floral you might still taste it in your mouth
0: like by not
1: because you're like eating it but there's a lot of thing (laughs) there's a lot of senses with your mouth that aren't necessarily related to eating
0: right just to add on to that you know um, this is all about choice you know, how much we use technology or how much we get out into nature. And I think mindfulness is the sort of, at the foundational level, gives us the choice. You know, if, we, if, if we've if we developed a habit of, you know, every day coming home from school or work and just going right to Netflix or TV or video games, it can be hard to break that without sort of the awareness of, oh, there's other options for me out here. And uh, yeah, mindfulness, building that capacity is uh really important uh curious sonia how did when did you s- uh, first start getting into mindfulness or or when did you first hear about it what was your experience with that
1: yeah i think it i mean developing my formal practice is more of a, a recent thing um maybe in the last like five uh ten years i started practicing practicing mindfulness formally but uh when i when i think back now and reflect on it um i mean i have memories of being in high school and and maybe middle school but we'll just go with high school um of thinking something in my head and then being curious like noticing the thought and being really curious about like what what's that about and 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 realizing that a lot of times those thoughts are were driving my behavior and my attitudes and how I was feeling etc and so this sort of witnessing of this voice in my head was I think my first Step and understanding to to mindfulness and the practice of it and becoming aware of what was maybe driving my behavior and it not always being a very conscious thing. Um, And so I think, you know, in my adolescence, I wasn't really sure what to do with that, but continued to explore it a bit. But that was, I think that's my entry point. Like long before I started doing yoga or thinking about breathing meditations or anything like that. That was sort of my sort of self-educated entry into mindfulness and understanding.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, that I'm sure there's many people, I'm assuming that there's many people out there that uh, have been experienced this uh, on more of an experiential level and not maybe had the words to uh, put to it. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, um,
1: well, what about you? What was your oh, entry in
0: Jiminy Christmas? I think for me, there's a couple of things that come to mind. I think the first, my first experience with this was in and around the ocean. Like, um, I grew up spending a lot of time in and around the ocean and, uh, and my dad was a major sort of role model for me and he was a, a big swimmer and all this and he passed away when i was young died by suicide and it was, that was a really intense thing for me and my family and for me i think my one of my i guess coping mechanisms was to if i missed him a lot or if i wasn't doing well to get down to the beach and it was really in no matter how crazy things got on land if i could get to the ocean it seemed like there wasn't really a sense of time. I was just, you know, in the moment, experiencing that, experiencing that environment. I, you know, I kind of there was this kind of deeper level of I felt like connecting with my father in that environment. But I think I think it was really uh, my my first glimpse of of being fully in the moment and absorbed in, you know with my senses and all that. Uh, and then later I, I got into yoga. You know, my my teens got into yoga, and that was I think initially. I was much more interested in the physical benefits of it, like becoming more flexible or stronger and wasn't really into the the internal aspects, like the mindfulness practice. And it was probably several years of doing yoga until I was started becoming more interested in that internal work than the purely physical physical stuff. Right, let's jump back into its relevance with our work. And I think, you know, one thing that I think it's important to talk about the, the concept of mindfulness is quite simple you know being in the moment with intention non-judgmentally but when it comes to actually living this it can be a challenge to practice so you know we talk about uh, Sonia had mentioned formal mindfulness practice and that would that's anything from you know sitting down and doing a mindful breathing meditation or mindful walking or a yoga practice or tai chi. There's a lot of options there, but it's really, it's really setting aside an intentional time to do your practice. And that's kind of like, I like to equate that to going to the gym, working out, building up the muscle that you need to do to kind of practice in daily life. And then the informal practice would be anything outside that formal practice. So after you finish your yoga, you know, how you roll up your mat, how you enter the rest of your day, and I think both are really important. Okay, so there was recently actually this is a, little, a few years old, but there was a really cool study done by a couple of Harvard psychologists that I want to talk about briefly. And you can Google this; we'll include it in the show notes. But it's you know, if you Google Harvard app mindfulness study, it'll come up. And basically, they took they created an iPhone app and had over two thousand volunteers for this study. And basically the app would ask questions at sort of random times for the participants and ask them things like what they were doing, how they were feeling, were they happy, were they not, what emotions were happening, and uh, were they paying attention to what they were doing or were they, was their mind wandering? Questions like that. And it would kind of you know, ding them at random times and ask them these questions. And basically what they found was that nearly 47% of the time, people were not in the present moment. So forties, almost half the time that people were going about their day. They were thinking about something other than what they were doing. And the result of that was that people were less happy when they weren't in the moment than when they were. It's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you consider spending half of your day um, totally unconsciously living your life. <laughs> Um, or wishing you were doing something other than what you were doing, you know, whether that's like an intentional, oh, I can't wait for this to be done so that I can be doing X, Y, Z. Or if you're, you know, sitting in a meeting or sitting in a classroom and, um, just thinking about, well, after this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I've got this to do. Um, yeah, like not, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. 50%, almost 50% of your day.
0: Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of, so they... The psychologists called this the default mode, and there's a lot of different terms for this. You know, you've probably, or people have heard maybe the wandering mind or the monkey mind, which is often used in kind of in yoga or meditation circles, uh, but it's really, really wild. That, and I think the big takeaway from this is that people were less happy when they weren't paying attention to what they were doing. So I think just more uh, great study and great um, motivation to practice uh, both formally and informally. And I think one of the big things too that we're looking at with mindfulness is there's tons of benefits, lots of research out there. Um, we know this is not new news that stress negatively impacts us you know negatively impacts our immune system, cardiovascular system, all the systems increases inflammation, increases negative mood states, things like that and you know we are now seeing that mindfulness is a way to, kind of balance that out. And we're not saying avoid stress, but be resilient in the face of stress, I think is, the, is what mindfulness can do for us.
1: And so the research is great and it's compelling, uh, but I, I think where I initially struggled with mindfulness is uh, this idea of, yeah, that all sounds real good, but how do I, like what do I do right now? What can I do right now to bring that into my life and make some change?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So lots of resources out there. We have resources at www.natureunplugged.com. But right now, you know, a few, I mean, there's a few different ways to do it. And I think it's basically becoming aware of your senses is one way. So feeling your body, feeling the sensations of your body. If you're sitting, feeling your seat in the chair or on the floor or wherever you're sitting. If you're standing, feeling your feet on the ground. We also have access to our breath as long as we're alive, you know, taking, taking a moment to be really aware of each inhale and each exhale. what we're talking about is creating gaps or breaking up that default mode where it's just constantly, constantly going, thinking about something, you know, the to-do list or anticipating the future or remembering the past. And we are with mindfulness creating gaps to really be fully here, feeling all the things, being aware of all the things. Because really, there's only this moment. And I think one thing I want to add to is that, you know, there's great ways to use technology as a practice of mindfulness. We can, you know, let's say you get a ding on your phone. Instead of immediately reaching and checking it, it can be a reminder to take a deep breath. Okay, now for a new segment. There's going to be a lot of news here. It's a new segment we like to call New News. And the new, the middle new, is <laughs> The middle
1: new, the beginning new. <laughs>
0: the beginning new is the letters N and U, as in Nature Unplugged. So this is new news. Hashtag new news. Copyright. OK, so uh, and this is basically, let's orient folks. So this is basically a segment where we share relevant Stuff to nature unplugged from the news. That's you know we find either uh, interesting, exciting, sort of wacky, or just totally nuts. So all kind of all things in the news that are relevant to us. And so this week I heard about a uh, something in the news that was I heard about. I didn't believe it was real, but then I went on the internets, Googled it. Turns out it was real. Here's what we're dealing with. I'll just, I'll read the, uh, I'll read the title of the article here. This gym's trainers run with TV screens on their backs so you can watch during outdoor jogs. And so we'll, we'll provide a link to this. It sounds like a gym in, this is the UK over across the pond. So they basically have a iPad on the back of a vest that the personal trainer wears and runs in front of the trainee who's running with headphones, staring at the person's back watching TV. And it's really, really interesting. I mean, it's totally nuts in my opinion, but they are running along on a beautiful path along a lake. It looks amazing. And this, uh, the client is just staring at the back of this, of this, uh, personal trainer with headphones on, just locked in. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to bring this to your attention. If you weren't aware of this, check it out. Totally nuts. We'd love to hear your thoughts too. Sonia, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm looking at the subtitle too. It says Netflix and Hills. Hills is in all caps. And I I guess they're saying that like you could do you could run Hills while watching Netflix. And I'm just thinking back to times that I've run Hills and like maybe I mean, maybe this is for people who are really, really in shape. But anytime I'm running hills, I'm just sort of like very aware of my body and all of the pains and things in my body and like the struggle it is to get up a hill. So I just I can't imagine that. I don't feel like well, it's a great.
0: Let me just. I think this is a play on Netflix and Chill, just to. Or just is to it clarify. like
1: The Hills, like the TV show The Hills?
0: I don't know. Is that a show?
1: I think it's a show, like the Laguna. No, and Netflix play. and Chill. I don't think so. Let's let's respectfully agree to disagree. Okay, but
0: that's cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I. I don't... It's it's pretty bonkers. I mean, uh, when I saw this, I was like, you know, I guess it's not that different than, you know, having a TV screen running in a treadmill, but it's incredibly different. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're in a gym and you're running on a treadmill and there's, like, 70 treadmills and you're just staring at the back of someone, like, not stimulating to be running on a treadmill. You're, like, just dealing with gym vibes and music and stuff, so it's, like, cool, potentially, to have a show or news or whatever. Um, but... It's so stimulating and wonderful to be outside running it's it's sort of shocking to think The only way people might do that is if they can watch tv while doing it
0: Yeah, pretty nuts You know we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Is it an awesome invention? Is it not so awesome? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean if
1: yeah if people wouldn't run otherwise, is this like okay?
0: Yeah, if they wouldn't go outside. Yeah. Is it better? I don't don't think it's better. I'm just gonna put it out there. I think it's nuts it's getting us closer to, we often reference the movie WALL-E mm-hmm. and uh, the people are, you know, in this movie are have these little magical go-karts with like screens and everything on them and I think it's one step closer. I mean, at least they're out there running, but one step closer to becoming WALL-E. Yes. Okay, that was new news. Exciting, exciting stuff. All right, we're going to leave with a challenge because we want to make, again, Part of our interest here is making this relevant and having some tangible takeaways. So here's the challenge. Within the next 24 hours, leave your technology behind and go for a mindful walk, at least 15 minutes, and observe what's going on around you, breathe, feel your feet on the earth, appreciate what's happening, You know, engage the senses, and uh, let us know how it goes. Yeah. So this is no tech, a tech-free walk with intention. Awesome. Sonia, great to have you again. My pleasure. (laughs) So that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. For more information and for resources, you can check out www.natureunplugged.com. We'd also love to hear from you, hear your feedback, uh, any thoughts you have, any recommendations for for themes for future episodes, for future guests, comments, questions, concerns, let us know.
1: You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: That's right. Nature Unplugged, however, we're also on the interwebs. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, we live in the city. We're with it, technology people. We're not in a yurt on a mountaintop uh, doing meditation all day. We're on the interwebs, too. If you think you should go, I will let you go.